0: Do you like being scared? You're listening to haunted real ghost stories. A warning before we begin. The following is based on a real story and is not suitable for younger listeners. Do you get goosebumps? They appear during an emotionally intense experience. Or sometimes it's your body's way of telling you that you're cold. Or someone... Very cold, is near you. Have you ever heard of the Coonin Ghost House? Poltergeists. Hmm, nasty little things. Well, this one in particular preyed on a poor widow and her seven children at their home in Cunin in County Fermanagh. It all happened around 1913, when the Murphy family moved into an isolated cottage in the woods. In the first few weeks, the family added their own touches to the little stone house with the red metal roof. Mrs Murphy felt the surrounding forest would give her children freedom to explore and race around. Little did she think that they would have to run from the little home. No one knows exactly when the cottage was built, but locals say it had history. Some say a pensioner hanged himself in one of the rooms. Others say he was murdered but they were pretty sure this tragedy had nothing to do with what happened to the Murphys. The mother, Bridget, was left widowed after her husband was killed in a freak accident. She lived in the Coonin Cottage with her son James, who was the eldest, and her six daughters. The children ranged in age from 25 right down to the baby, who was only three at the time. It's believed the house had been sold a number of times over the years – but that the previous owners, the Sherry family, only stayed there for one night before selling it on, six months later, to the Murphys. According to Bridget, it all began one dark, cold night not too long after they moved in, when she and the older girls were sitting by the fire. Suddenly, they heard loud footsteps coming from the ceiling, followed by a rush in the room, then a tapping sound began on the wall behind them. And slowly spread throughout the house. The youngest girls, whose bedroom was to the right of the kitchen, began to scream in terror. The noise around them grew louder, edged closer. The girls' hands turned white as they gripped the bedsheets in fear. The younger kids cried as they tried desperately to understand what was happening. The tapping continued all night and eventually faded with the dawn. Over the coming days, the little cottage became infested with the poltergeist. It started with the noises, tapping, banging, unexplained footsteps, but soon the evil spirit grew bolder. Pots and pans would fly off the range, plates would lift off the table and travel across the room before smashing into the kitchen wall. No room was left undisturbed by the poltergeist, who liked to increase the activity at night. As darkness fell each evening, the family would hear the faint sounds of knocking on the walls and ceiling, the noises growing louder with the night. A scraping sound. That's how one of the younger girls described how she knew the poltergeist had come into their bedroom. At first, it was a scraping along the wall. The hairs on the back of her neck began to stand up. The scraping sound made its way from the far wall across the bare wooden floor to the bed. She held her breath in fear. A tingling sensation began behind her ears. She was desperate for any sound that would give away the poltergeist's position. Suddenly the whole bed frame rose off the ground and crashed back down again. The next morning, Mrs. Murphy went to seek help from her local church. Two priests, in particular, Father Smith and Father Coyle, offered their support. They visited the haunted cottage that evening, and as the light faded, the tapping began. As the holy men entered the girl's bedroom, they felt a rush from the ceiling. The sensation stopped halfway down the wall and began swirling around the room, getting faster. And faster, the clerics froze as hissing and spitting sounds began in the corners of the room. Checking the entire family were gathered in the kitchen, they entered the bedroom a second time. They heard snoring sounds from one of the beds. When they lit a candle to give them some light, a human form was seen to collapse under the sheets and then form again while the snoring sounds resumed. The priest stayed well into the night. At one stage, Mrs Murphy lay down by the fire in a makeshift bed in the kitchen, only to have the pillows ripped from under her head by an unseen force. (coughs) The priests continued to investigate over the coming weeks and months. Firstly, gathering the family in one room and holding down their hands and feet as the knocking began, ruling them out as the cause of the noise. They also noticed that the constant drumming would at times be to two particular tunes, the Boyne water and the soldiers' song. One night, a priest went to the empty bed of the youngest girls and laid out a large white bedsheet. He sat in the semi-darkness and waited. A human form began to take shape from under the sheet. This form then changed and rose into the shape of a terrifying animal before collapsing back down. The priest sat on the bed, and it felt like snakes were moving under him. Spitting and hissing noises began in the corners of the room. The priest lay his hand on the covers and said it felt like a rat was moving under it. Then the feeling of a snake winding around his arm and wrist but no further, the coiled grip not daring to near his blessed hand. One night, the priest's superior, a local canon, visited the cottage and within an hour of the younger children going to bed, the knocking on the walls and ceiling began. He said aloud to no one in particular, ''Maybe it will whistle.'' Suddenly, the noise faded and a strange whistling sound began from overhead. He called out, "'Give me nine taps for a yes.' Nine taps followed. He asked again, speaking in Irish this time. Nine taps followed. He made the request a third time, speaking in Latin. And again. Nine taps. The canon saw the family dog, a collie, lying asleep under the bed in the room to the left of the kitchen, ''Can you put the dog out from under the bed?'' he called out. Suddenly, the sleeping dog leapt forward, howling and scarpered from the room. (coughs) The priest entered the room the dog had just left, gripping his crucifix. The tapping in the room grew louder. The cannon took out his holy water and splashed it on the closest wall. The knocking seemed to retreat. As he moved around the room, the noises moved away from the holy water as it was lashed onto the walls. Hissing and snarling sounds spat down from the ceiling. That night, mass was said in the kitchen of the little cottage. And from that time on, there were no more disturbances in that room. It became a safe space for the family, as they were able to sleep and eat without being physically targeted by the poltergeist. There were many theories as to how the evil spirit came to the Coonine cottage and why it targeted the Murphy family. Locals say the son James found a book called The Legion of Doom in the Forest, It was a book about the occult which led him to invoke the poltergeist. Others believe Bridget's eldest daughter, Annie, was possessed. After several terrifying months at the cottage, Mrs Murphy had had enough. She packed up her few belongings and emigrated with her children to America. Some say the poltergeist followed them to the States and plagued them for a time. Others say the wicked spirit stayed and is just resting alone in the now abandoned house. Either way, the hauntings at the cottage have stopped. For now. This podcast was written and presented by me, Sarah Kelly. If you like what you heard, please rate, review and tell a friend. You can see photos of the Kunin Ghost House taken by fearless photographer Colin Coleran on Instagram and Twitter at This Haunted Podcast. Theme music is by Mario Cole and cover art is from Stefano Pollio. Thank you for listening.